podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. folks, welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the second weekly free show from Heart and Hand. This is when we look back at anything that's happened since our last pod this week, and quite a lot has, and preview the fixture, quite a big one. So, had to go for one of the big beasts in a good way of the Heart and Hand team. It's Mr Cameron James Bell, hello. Good afternoon David, how are you? I am doing well Cameron, because Rangers reached the Europa League after putting themselves into what appeared to be easy street. Um, we did it the hard way, as, as we tend to have to do under these circumstances, but Rangers prevailed with nine men in Russia holding off the challenge of Ufa to take our place. So let's go back to the game. First of all, first 20 minutes, it's quite difficult to assess them, Cammy, because we couldn't see them due to RTV problems at that point. Well, personally, I thought that was the best 20 minutes we played. It was, though. Um, That's the thing. It was. I it watched was, it back. It was nice and relaxing. Um, I mean, you couldn't see anything. No. But from what I saw, um, you know, we, we definitely played well. Um, I've spoken to Rangers this morning and they say that the RTV issue wasn't a capacity issue. It wasn't that uh, they weren't expecting the right amount of people in or whatever. It was an external supplier issue. But, of course, it doesn't reflect well on people... Um, that are offering the service even if it is something that's out with your control but they are aware of the issue, it should never happen again uh, is what they're saying but yeah, very disappointing to, to lose the first 20 minutes of the match but as I say, I've watched it back and we did play really well mate We have um, and scored a beauty from Ovi Ajaria I thought Ovi Ajaria had a great game all in uh, not just his attacking play at the start he scored one, he almost got another with a, a lovely bit of play and I thought he was at that point the best player in the park he was dominating proceedings for us Ajaria's really come on to a game at the moment. I know he's been recognised by the manager, but um, no, he, he really is uh, doing very, very well for us. Um, I, I wonder if uh, if I hadn't bothered watching his goal against Motherwell because it's, it's almost like a carbon copy, but this one's uh, probably a, 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 even more um, directly put into the, the, the kind of top right-hand hit. corner yeah, for d- me. It was a better hit. The keeper should have saved the one at Motherwell, but he had no chance with this one. Yeah, no, it, it was, I mean, it's, it's all cliche and it's unstoppable, but I think uh, he's created that chance himself. He's, he's, he's finished it with aplomb. And, um, I, I think most of us, when we're talking about Ajari, had said uh, he's good, he's getting better. Well, he's actually continu- he's actually continued in that ascendancy. Um, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, Kyle Lafferty, for me, will always be the man of the match, whether he plays or not, but Ajari is definitely um, growing his stock, shall we say. I think so, and you're seeing now what we'd said about him initially was he looks good, looks neat and tidy, he's putting a shift in, but we need more from an attacking midfielder when it comes to actually attacking, and we're seeing that now. So, again, we need to remember he's very young and he has professional career, his first team career anyway, and he's growing into the role, and as you say, the manager picked him out. And at that point, I wouldn't say we were an easy streak, but the game was won, and the team that looked more likely to score were us, if I just weren't getting in anywhere. Round about the half an hour mark, that started to change. They they got in behind us a couple of times with balls over the top, and from one of these, they scored their goal. John Flanagan, who didn't have a good night, he didn't play well at all, and obviously will come at the second half, but he got caught. Some debate from some fans, he thought maybe Tav was playing him on, but having watched it a few times, I think Tav doesn't play him on. I think the linesman is out of position, 
And from his angle, he may well have thought that Tavernier was playing him on, but I, I really don't believe he was. But even so, um, still bad defending from Rangers. They allow another ball over the top. Don't learn from the earlier ones. Uh, the the Ufa winger, who was our best player, streaks through and slots the ball away, one each. Even at that, I wasn't particularly worried at this stage, Cammy. I thought, OK, they've got one. Different tie now, but equally, I think we're more than capable of going and getting another. It's that I think that that for me is kind of what that felt like that roller coaster of emotions of before the game. I said if we score early doors, certainly in the first half, I think you know the tie is over. Um, I think the fact that they threatened a couple of times prior to the goal for me probably turned my arse into buttons a little bit. Uh, and then when they scored, I was like, right, okay, let's just you know see how we got on with that. And obviously, as we'll come on to, uh, there was other dynamics about to shift as well, but. Um, even had the remain, you know, the game remained at that. I think we could have seen it out, but obviously we're about to go into why it didn't stay like that. Thirty-six minutes, um, ball up to lone striker Alfredo Morelos. He outmuscles his defender and gets away with the ball. The ref pulls him up for foul. Alfredo clearly doesn't think it's a foul. Kicks the ball away. Um, Stonewall yellow card. I don't think anyone any complaints about that one. Agreed. Yep. yep. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You, you know you can't do it, especially not in a tie that you are leading in in Europe because referees are going to say you're time wasting. I don't think that was his intention. I think it was frustration, but that it's a standard booking. I'd expect it the other way round. And on the way back, continues a discussion with the referee. Now, there's then some contention, and I'll tell you my theory about what caused the second yellow. During this. Um, Alfredo does walk away from him He's been yipping at the referee The referee's noting everything down Preparing to book him He kind of raises his hand And I think more in a sort of Ah for fuck's sake You know just just go away kind of gesture But I think the ref Thinks he's given him the finger Because the ref immediately stiffens His face flushes with anger And he immediately just Produces two yellows very quickly And he's raging and when Rangers players run up to him and say, what the hell is that for? He's adamant. And I think that the ref got it completely wrong because I think he saw something that didn't happen and then issued two, two yellows. However, the other side of that coin for me is, I do think the ref was wrong. I think the oldie couldn't wait to send him off, all that stuff, all true. And I think he's made a mistake. But for those people who might think, oh, you're just defending Morelos here... Um, I'm not Morelos had engineered a situation Accidentally But he had In which he could get sent off Because If the free kick's just given And he walks away It's all done And that's that's the end of it Instead Petulance And it is There's nothing else you can call it It's petulance And Things spiral out of control It's not what he wants to happen Obviously But He places himself in danger And in the end It could very well have been us Who paid the price I think, you're, you, yeah, so it's difficult because I think as a fan, you're watching that and I think, so the reason as to why that yellow card is given, the official reason is because it's de- delaying the restart of play. Um, and, you know, football one-on-one, if you don't have the ball, you can't restart. And I get that, right? And, and you know, and we've, listen, we've all seen the tactics of stops that, you know, like the whole standing in front of the ball if they're trying to take a free kick holding the ball with, you know, holding it under your arm or whatever and then not releasing it or walking 10 yards then dropping it or, you know, it's just, it's gamesmanship. Um, the reason as to why it's frustrating is is because we're in a conflict when we talk about this type of thing with Alfredo Morelos because if you want Alfredo to remove that 
temper and that heat, for want of a better term, from his game, you'll not have the same striker. You'll not have the same guy who causes defence, uh, defensive players' problems. Um, he can't play and he can't be effective, however, if he's going to sit in a booking. And if he's going to get a booking, it has to be for something worthwhile. That's not worthwhile. That's worthwhile when it's the 92nd minute. It's not worthwhile when, you know, the the game is... It, it could potentially go either way, even though I do agree with you, Ellis and Opsis, we are comfortable. Um, I, I mean, we'll, we'll never know, David. I mean, you know, the referee's never going to go and say exactly why he gave him the second yellow. It'll be for the same or something. Um, we don't know if it's a hand gesture. We don't know if he said something. I have seen referees make that type of decision and that kind of... Um, the, the change in the kind of body language that you spoke about earlier on when I've heard particular words coming out. Um, and even as footballers, listen, as you know, I've refereed games and all that. Thing, can I, but even as footballers, you just know there's some words you just don't say to referees. You just don't use them. Ironically, cheat being one of them rather than the other C word that I'm sure we can imagine. But I, but this is where, for Morelos, I feel, I feel a bit unjust with them because an experienced referee at that stage understands that he is frustrated, understands he's kicked the ball away, understands that you've just cautioned him, and a decent referee that should say, look, calm down. If you don't calm down, you're going off the park. So just chill out, take it easy, take it from there. Because you're never ever going to see a player be booked, and when they're all hit up in that emotion, the caution immediately calms them down. It, It doesn't. Usually at that stage, and I know that on the Patreon site in the post-match last night, um, James Forrest made that very kind of clear point around, you know, maybe some of the players should have grabbed them and taken away. I get that, but I do understand the point that James is making. But you need to be able to then say, okay, what's the benefit here of me continuing to have this dialogue with the referee? Um, And now it becomes a problem because he has to, even if if he, he gets away one booking at that stage, it curtails what he can do for the rest of the game. Because his game's about physicality. It's about, you know, getting getting up in your face, causing problems, all that kind of stuff. The whole point of having a caution is that you start to, to, to calm that down a bit. And this is where with Morelos he just needs he just needs to be smarter. And I don't want to see him lose that temperament because I think it's one of the best the best assets he has. He just needs to be smarter about when he's doing it. And that's maybe maturity, that's maybe an age, experience, etc. Um but hopefully we'll see that progress as obviously a time with him goes on. I don't want to see him lose the aggression. It's the petulance. And it, the, I think there is a difference between the two. Um, you cannot go in a huff when you get a decision against you. You just can't. No good can come of it. And as we saw yesterday, something very bad could come of it. Um, I think you can be in the position, which I am, is that, yes, I blame the ref, but I also blame the player. I think that there is culpability on both sides. And I know that... For some people, it was either entirely Morelos or it was entirely the the, the referee. Um, I, I kind of fall in the middle where I think a lot of people... I totally agree. The, the, the first one's his fault, the second one's the referee's fault. Yeah, I think um, the ref absolutely could have told him, calm down, right? You know, you're losing the plot, you're less stupid, don't do this. But chose not to. Um, but equally, just don't put yourself in that position. Um, keep the head... Really, and he's going to be rewarded with a new contract. Figures being bandied about around about thirty thousand pounds a week. He, if he's going to be a senior player and paid as a senior player, he'll need to act like a senior player, age and temperament notwithstanding. But that kind of changed the tenor of the game between the goal and that. 
Rangers looked a little bit shell-shocked and an Uther smelled blood. Their fans got right up for it. And for about 10 minutes till half-time, they were totally in command. Missed a great chance right on half-time, uh, headed at the back post. Into the second half, though, I was still confident, Cammy. I just thought, we've done this before. The gaffer will have them reorganised. All we need to do is not lose two goals. We don't need to go and win the match. Um, I'm still still got faith in us. And Ufa came right out at us. Uh, Rangers almost made it two, made it two one, which would have killed the tie completely. I think Ryan Kent with a sensational run ended up with a shot that brought a brilliant save from the goalkeeper. Uh, just a minute or so after that, though, Ufa missed a glorious chance when probably the only mistake Nico Katic makes that night. Um, he allows his man to turn them to get away from him and turn them. Guy's got the whole goal to aim at, but he puts it past the post. And at that stage, I'm thinking, okay, that's a bad chance. That'll get to them. They'll know they should have scored there. And then John Flanagan, who, as I say, hadn't played well, picked up a booking after nine minutes. He gets booked for, look, you're the ref. I'll, I'll be intrigued to hear your take on it. I thought it was a meat and potatoes aerial challenge. I thought he leapt for the ball. Okay, his arm was up, if you want to use that as a, as a criticism. I don't think he elbows the guy. I don't think he leads with his arm, any of that stuff. I don't even think it's a foul, if I'm being honest. He wins the ball and the ref toddles over and seems to be it's a free kick and then oh goes oh I might as well book him now I'm here you know, I've, I've ran over gives him a yellow card uh, Rangers reduced to nine men at that point I shot myself Cammy yeah listen I think this this is what I'm saying to you about re- referees managing the players not the game and th- that that's a two way door however because if I was Flanagan at that point I suppose, right, so we'll do the referee first. The problem you've got with this is, if the referee deems that to be a dismissal due to a second caution, then, uh, again, his body language did not suggest that, because um, I would describe his approach in terms of coming up to Flanagan as very relaxed, let's put it like that, and then it's as if somebody has said to him, oh, by the way, you probably should send this guy off, because that's, you know, why not, doing YOLO, yeah, <laughs> and they're just like for fuck's sake. And the thing is, it, you know, if as you say, it was a bad challenge if he leads in with his arm and you know goes into cause intent or serious damage or whatever, then you know the referee typically, as you've seen, straight onto you know on the spot, like this is why you're going off. This is you know, and, he, and he's, he's he's walking through the decision. Other side of that coin is, I don't know if at that point Flanagan twigs that this referee. Uh, has got some serious questions regarding his capability. Um, and I hate using that cliche of, you know, you give the referee a decision to make, but when you've got a referee who um, has made some of these errors already within the game, you know, does it does it allow itself to be the case that Flanagan then goes and makes a challenge like that and then puts himself into that position? Because I, personally speaking, don't think there's anything wrong with the challenge. I don't. But then sometimes you have to be a little bit extra cautious if you're then playing against a referee who will give decisions against you very easily. Now, that that maybe is something different, but he still has to make the challenge. That's, That's the thing. I can't and, look. And, and, had he been reckless, I would say that was. I, I mean, we've said it with Morelos. We're not looking here to just shift all the blame off of Rangers players, but I really think John Flanagan's got every right to make that. I mean, I don't think it's a foul, never mind a booking. Well, well. Well, again, no, David, if he doesn't make that and then he scores from it, oh, we're raging. blaming John Flanagan. Exactly. So. He's, he's got to go up for it. I think he goes up and competes fairly for it. And I also think that, look, human nature, common sense, all these things that we ask referees to show, 
be aware that if you've already sent someone off and the team are now you know, down to 10 men, the second yellow, I think, has to be absolutely non-debatable for someone. And I would hope that referees would realise that, and they, you know, just from a sporting contest fairness point of view. By all means, give the foul, but you cannot, I think, then give another yellow card unless it's a total, look, you know you've got to go, you've scythed them down, you've pulled somebody back as they've been running, you know I can't let you away with that one. Whereas, again, it's the difference between a referee who's looking to manage the game, keep players on the park where possible, and a ref that it's, can't wait to send players off. You're nice with this. So we've made the kind of point. So the reason as to why Kula Valley never played last night was because uh, McGinn, in the game against the Milner Ibrox, uh, steamed into him after Kula Valley went by him and he got a yellow card. But this was after he'd already went in on a kidney height challenge on Katic. And the point I made at that time was he should have been booked for that tackle on Katic, in my opinion. And then if he then makes the decision to tackle Koulibaly like that and cause him the injury, which has caused him to miss games, then it's a dismissal and you can have no qualms about that. The whole purpose of the issuing these cautions is you have deemed that first foul to be excessive. And I don't even know, maybe this is me, you know, blue-tinted specs, I don't even know if Flanagan's first yellow card was that much of an excessive challenge. I, I, think um, it was so ha- I think it was harsh for nine minutes. Yeah, but the thing is, though, that your whole point of doing that is if you're a referee and you're delivering that caution, you're then saying it's successive, you can't do it again. Like, that's it. It's as simple as that. So you now know where the marker is, you know where the line is, and you can't cross it. If you cross it again, then you're off. That's it. It's just, you know, as black and white as it gets. I don't even think Flanagan's was, was that much in the, in the first booking. And the second booking, for me, the foul is... I, I don't even think it's a foul. I just think it just goes for the ball and... I mean, it doesn't look great, but then you show me a perfect aerial challenge where both people going for it, somebody doesn't collide into one another, it's just going to happen. Mm. But anyway. Like I say, I think you've got to be certain in those circumstances. 25 minutes to play. We are in Russia, um, up against Ufa. We have suspicions about the referee maybe having taken possession of a brand new car that week um, from a mysterious benefactor. Uh, and I thought, I'll be honest, I thought, this is going to take a fucking miracle. And the RTV commentator, Nick Thompson, said, I mean, this is going to be special if we do it from here. Uh, Rangers, again, adapt. Uh, Andy Halliday comes on um, and goes into this left-back area. Rangers, quite rightly, switched to a four four zero, or which is essentially a 6-2 by the end. And then proceed to defend as though their lives depend on it. Katic and Goldson were absolutely magnificent because Ufa did the right thing. They just encircled us. That's what it was like. They had an overload on both flanks and they got men in the box and hit us with cross after cross after cross. And up, the same two heads popped up all the time. In front of them, Ovi Ajaria and, uh, and Ryan Kent battled like hell. And Kent, every time he got the ball, just tried to get out of the box and, and break it up for a bit. Lafferty was running around trying to, to stop them. Halliday, I thought, was great. And then when they did occasionally get through, they had Shagger to deal with. And those eight guys are absolute fucking heroes because it was sheer fitness, hard work and balls that got us through that. Watching it last night kind of reminded me of... It's like, you know, the Roman centurion, you know, the, the, the battle positions when they... Former you know, Square. They do, like the phalanx and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff for, well, former you know. Square, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that. But 
but the thing, but the thing is though, the, the the reason as to why that works and why it worked last night was you have Goldson and Katic controlling every aspect of that. Whether it's telling Lafferty you're going to come back and do this, whether it's you know trying to get crosses shut down, whether it's stopping balls coming through the middle. And you're absolutely right; those eight guys had to protect Alan McGregor, but we've also had this additional security that if McGregor did get tested he has got the ability to produce world-class saves. Um, so, I think so, and I, and I do want to kind of come back to Andy Halliday just for a second. Um, there's a point to this where when I watch all of this and I think about the fact that we're, we're, we're going back to Baku where Andy Halliday was put out on loan and he's going to be part of a team and he's not a squad player, part of the team that is going to get us to the Europa League final, yeah. uh, he doesn't deserve anything more than that as, 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 as you know, the best possible praise I can give to him. Because um, he is coming in and he's proven his worth. And Halliday has got every right to be able to turn around and you know stick his feet up or, or do whatever, or run his contract or whatever. But by Christ, you can see what Gerard sees in him. And it's just given him a brand new lease of life. And I, I just, I, I can't, you know, emote enough how much it makes me happy to see Andy Halliday getting what he deserves. Oh, I heart him. Uh, last night he was great. I really was. And you might think, oh, you're piling it on a little bit. But I like. I think Gerard likes him because he does what he's told. And last night that was exactly what we needed. He got taken aside by Gerard and Bill. They said, we need you to do this, this and this. And he went on and he did all of it. And that was it. Didn't try any fancy. And the clock had still 25 minutes to play. And... It was weird because I don't know whether the clock was broken or, or not because it said 25 minutes. It actually took three years to get through it. Um, people have been married and divorced. Um, babies have been born, grown up and gone to high school in the time that it seemed to take that match to end. And that wasn't without its scares. Alan McGregor's made an absolute wonder stop at one point. They've had chances, they've had headers that have, have gone over or gone wide. In the 89th minute, they hit the post, and then in injury time in the 93rd, the referee, I think, thinking, oh, I might look as though I've been bought here, disallows a goal from them. I, you know, maybe soft, but considering the red cards we've had, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna feel bad about it. And in the end, Rangers actually do better defensively with nine men than they did with 11, and don't concede. At the end, the rush of emotion, not only from the players and the management team, but from everyone around the world watching, was extraordinary. I was a sweaty mess after. I felt emotional because it was a feeling that has long been missing from Rangers' performances the last few seasons, and that was pride. I was proud of them. I thought, you know what, you went out there and you fought for everything for us. And they deserved it. Over the eight matches, Rangers have been the better side in each of their ties, and they deserve to be in the Europa League group stages. You can't... I mean, the, 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 even, you know... And it's difficult to find them, but the most rational of Celtic fan couldn't disagree with that. Because... And, and I kind of put a tweet up about this yesterday. It would be Rangers unless we do it the hard way. And, um, you know... Everyone would love it to be the case that we batter them 5 0 at home and the, the away leg is a formality. Um, I think we would be sitting here on this podcast if we had went out going, yes, the referee was shy, yes, we had problems, yes, we should have beaten them by more at home, um, but by God, we gave it a good try. And you do that, you know, the stiff upper lip thing. Whereas last night when you were watching it, as the minutes went by, 
my fear turned into confidence, turned into, um, I suppose, a bit of reward, as in just deserves, if that makes sense. As in, these guys are doing this and they deserve to get through. They deserve to be able to get into that group stage. And do you know what? Um, and listen, you know, the financial bonus aside and everything else as well, and um, as you guys mentioned on the on the post-match in Patreon last night, the prestige, like the actual pride of being involved in that tournament, seeing ourselves this morning getting pulled out of that draw uh, for the first time in seven years is just worth it for me. Um, you know, whether we win every group stage game, whether we lose every group stage, it doesn't matter. This for me is that next step of this really horrendous, horrendously long journey of being able to get back to where we deserve to be. And last night, what you saw for 25 minutes of that, of that game, and by Christ, if RTV ever want to do a 20 minute blackout again, try and do it for that period rather than the whole thing. Oh, no, that would have been. I don't know if I could have coped. <laughs> yeah. I was watching it. But the thing be- is, I was watching it in a bet nap at that point, though, a tiny wee screen. And then I noticed that the bet nap was two and a half minutes ahead of RTV, so I went on that at the end um, because I couldn't cope with. I, I thought, I need to know. Uh, and then yeah. at the end, luckily I was able to go back and just relax and watch the disallowed goal on our team. Ah, d- d- sorry, he's going to blow up for that. <laughs> it was, it was, it was well, different. Well, that was it. And then I thought, well, you know, watching those guys and being able to, to, to see the amount of effort they put into that as well, um, they absolutely deserve it. They deserve to get into the, the group stages. They deserve to go to the places that are going to be going to. Uh, they deserve the full houses that European Knights back at Ibrox will, will, will bring back on a consistent basis. Um, it's just, again, like you say, it, it just it feels like a validation for some of the shite that we've had to put up with. And Strider made a brilliant point when he talks about, you know, this time last year, manager was in a bush. Mm. And look at the progression, look where we've come from. And, and I think that, for me, is just the biggest part, you know. I must admit, Cammy, that you said uh, it was stiff upper lip. That wasn't the only part of me was stiff at the end. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but... yeah when, it, when it was like 60 seconds after the game had finished. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And a great night. Um, the players travelled back. They got back last night because obviously time difference and were met by hundreds at Glasgow Airport, which was just a, a fantastic gesture from all the bears that went down there. And the draw took place this morning and Rangers came out of uh, pot four. And the teams that we have been drawn against are Villarreal, Rapid Vienna and Spartak Moscow. So some great famous European names in there. Cami, trips to Spain and Vienna will be very pleasant. Uh, not a bad draw because, look, Villarreal will be the favourites. And, you know, the other two teams will fancy their ability to get third, uh, to get second. But so do I and so should Rangers. And, uh, look, as you say, we could lose every game. But I doubt it. I think that if we get our home form right... I think we've got a chance of getting through that group. I really do. There's, there's a point to what we saw in this last tie over the two legs, David, where um, there's so many lessons about what we do and how we improve and actually differentiating between the standards of our opponents from you know the, the you know foreign and domestic opponents and how we have to adapt to that and how we have to change our game you know accordingly. Um, so I am very comfortable as a as a team. They will take those lessons and learn from them. Um, so all of this experience that this will bring us will just it will just improve us. It will just continue to 
see us progress. It will just continue to see us move up a notch, develop, etc. And I think that you know, th- there's no there's no team in that group, Villarreal included, who I fear, especially not at home, but not away. And I think for me, that's where um, th- well, we're lucky with some of the groups. Don't get wrong. I think they, there's a group where is it Chelsea? Uh, who who's the group? Is it Inter Milan and Chelsea and all that? I, I forget. But there's an absolute beauty of a group which I thought we were going into. Thankfully, I missed that. Um, but no, those those trips as well, pretty accessible for the Bears, I think. So Austria and Spain, um, Russia, we've done already. Might be difficult to, to do a repeat journey back there for some guys. But listen, see no matter where they go, there'll be thousands of fans oh, yeah. cheering them on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I did see some Bears saying, "Oh, we could have had Lazio. That would have been great." And I'm like, "Yeah, but we would have been shut down the day after." Can you imagine ten thousand Bears in Rome? <laughs> I, I, I mean, it would have been an amazing Sight trip. Uh, yeah, it would have been an amazing trip. But they would, even I, accept that the day after that, the governing bodies would have to shut us down and to say, "Like, you know what you did." <laughs> we don't go. Yeah, we did. We did do. Well, that. It's, it's, it's someone who may or may not have put washing up liquids and washing powder in fountains when we went away to European trips before David. I would have enjoyed having a crack at the Trevi Fountain. Yeah, exactly. And don't think it's the Trevi Fountain is the bit of Rome that I'm worried about. <laughs> no, 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 but I think other parts of it, um, yes, might have been interesting to see the Bears enjoy themselves there. <laughs> yes, it certainly would have been, but who knows, maybe in later rounds. Uh, so all very exciting that that uh, is, is to look forward to. Now, we're on the last day of transfer deadline. Rangers have made two signings. Joe Worrell, on loan from Nottingham Forest, centre-back that the gaffer had been after for a while, was was raving about. And uh, Eros Grejta, permanent signing, £2 million from uh, Osijek, who must fucking hate us, by the way. Um, we knock them out, we take their best two players. But uh, he arrives, a winger, obviously with Jamie Murphy being out. Very exciting signing. Um, we need a centre-back, desperately. Joe Worrell, highly rated. The manager, as I say, spoke about seeing him at the Toulon tournament and having followed him since. Uh, fell out of fashion a wee bit at Nottingham Forest and we'll be hoping to kick-start up here. And Grejda, he said, is pacey, direct, skillful. Fans are going to love him. Um, good times. Yeah, well, I didn't. I mean, I was just reading a bit of kind of bio and, and prep for charity today and I, I didn't realise this and... Uh, please forgive my ignorance, but Worrell actually captained that team to yes. the victory in the Toulon tournament, um, albeit under 17, but that's still massive, massive experience. Um, so yes, he's young, but you know, he's, he's definitely got some um, some some big exposure in terms of uh, you know big games and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, I, I think we we, we kind of had to get into this move as soon as Jamie Murphy was injured, so we were looking at wingers as well, um, but. Prior to the Murphy injury, centre half for me was definitely an area that we had to be able to try and improve. Once we had signed Lafferty, because before that we had said striker, now centre half's been taken care of. Um, and as I say, we'll just have to see uh, what this lad can bring as well, and see how we get on with him. Rangers have intimated that they are looking to do a bit more business. I don't know what that means in terms of numbers or even positional sense. And Stephen Gerrard actually said it could go right to the wire. So by the time you come to listen to this, folks, you you might know already whether or not Rangers have have added in another. But they are certainly looking at the time of recording. Which leads us on to Sunday's match, Cameron. um, When Rangers will... Have to get themselves roused once again because we travel on Sunday morning to uh, the, the Valley of the Damned to take on the other half of the old firm. Now, always a big game, but 
given everything that's been going on, the significance to this is huge. The first thing that I think has to be stated is we have had a big game. We've had to play 10 men for 50 minutes and then a half an hour with nine in Russia with the attendant travel. Adrenaline will kick in, and that is important, but it could be a factor if we're being honest with ourselves. I think it will be. I, I, I do. I, I mean, you know, you, you obviously had the the potential for you know extra time and pens, but actually, I think that you know the way how we had to um, get the result in Russia has meant that yeah, everyone's had to to really push themselves. And I know that in the in the post match and in today's conference as well, the managers came to stress it's about recovery. It's about getting back into that space and, and, and he made mention obviously the fact that you know the, the double and triple training sessions in Spain pre-season uh, you know have paid off and listen you know he's totally right you can see that but um, Sunday's game is going to be difficult for that I I don't know if the adrenaline that you mentioned means that what we do is we, we start and go all guns blazing do we build into it what do we do I think Rogers will think that we will come at them pretty much straight straight out the gate but he'll want us to tire and then at that point he can start hitting us in the counter so um, listen I, I, you know we don't play against Penn State FC and you know not want to win it's just not in our DNA um, I don't think a loss on Sunday's you know the end of the season no. um, I think you're right that it's been a tough tough game on Thursday night and Sunday might be a bit too early for us to play such a high tempo game which we can expect from them um, they're in a little bit of a kind of meltdown a little bit of a kind of crisis at the moment um, given their uh, fans obsession with us they know that you know the way to get the uh, hordes of evil back on track will be to, to give Rangers a good pumping so uh, they'll be motivated for it and I think we we just need to uh, go there, we need to learn from the game and I know it sounds daft but this is what he is going to have to beat domestically if he wants to win the league uh, so go there uh, put out a terrific show win if we can draw if we need to a loss is not the end of the world and I would like Bales to try and remember that Yeah I think that's important next week as, as emotional and disappointed as we might be if we were to pick up anything then I think we do have to remember the circumstances. And I don't think anyone can say Rangers aren't on the right track now. I, I think it's it's too obvious. And yes, I wish we did at least two more points so far this season, but still. Against that, though, for me, the key thing, the thing that's let Rangers down so often in so many recent Old Firm matches has been attitude. Um, they've looked cowed. They've looked frightened, to dust down a cliche. They've looked beaten before a ball was kicked. Celtic approached these matches thinking, we're going to win. And Rangers approached these matches thinking, they're going to win. And that has been reflected not only in the results, which obviously were pretty humiliating, but the performances as well, which were worse. And... I must say that that's something I have faith in this squad not to do. I don't believe they're going to go there and panic. I've got more faith in the manager. And I mean that from a perspective of he will not allow probably the atmosphere of safety, which I think our previous managers, caretaker or otherwise, have allowed. Um, I think he will say, you know, this is the biggest domestic game you will face. These are the opponents we need to beat. 
if you want to win the league, this is where you need to deliver. You're not going to face a harder domestic game playing Celtic away from home. So this is your test. This is what you need to be able to go out and do. And I think, listen, you're totally right. And, you know, we mentioned that um, after Old Firm games last year, um, they did look down. They, they, they didn't go out there thinking, we can get something here. I'm certain some of them thought, if we can keep this, you know, under a cricket score, then we've, we've kind of won. Whereas, I, I think as fans, we thought that as well. But then players have to go and hold themselves accountable to that. And the, the biggest reason why we all got frustrated and so pissed off last time was because... Um, there just there just was that lack of accountability. There was that slight safety buffer where, you know, yes, it's Celtic and yes, yeah, so we just expect to get beaten off them, so don't worry about it. Which, you know, no Rangers fan should ever find acceptable. But no. it, it was it was not the. I suppose really what I'm trying to say is it was not the loss. It was the manner of the performance yeah. that Rangers allowed yeah. before, uh, you know, the final whistle went. You know. No, he never laid a glove on them and they didn't have to break sweat and it was it was embarrassing because you were watching a beaten side before the ball was kicked submit to their fate and I, I hope uh, and fervently believe that that won't happen with uh, the new manager. Now, we'll need to freshen the side up slightly. The one thing I think we can guarantee is we'll see Borna Barisic back in the side. I think that's a certainty. Um, some debate about whether or not... I doubt he'll go with a 3-5-2 again after last week. I think he will. I think we will see that again but I think it'll... It's not going to be tried out at Parkhead um, In which case There may be some suggestion that Kyle Lafferty Could play out wide with Morelos At the head of uh, So that, there's that possibility But I think we will see the 4-3-3 In some description, Cammy Yeah he, he, he has to go back to the 4-3-3 I'm not, and this is going to sound crazy Because obviously we drew through all But I'm not adverse to the 3-5-2 I think No, I think there's potential here, yeah I think it can work at home against, you know, a lower division side rather than playing Motherwell at Fur Park, where, you know, we did we did struggle last season. There's no doubts about that when we went to, to Motherwell last time. But listen, do you know what? Again, I come back to this. It's a lesson. It's about okay, so let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater if we're going to try it again. How do we do it differently? All of that kind of stuff. Um, I, I think he can play Lafferty out wide if he wants, but the key. Asset, the key tool that Lafferty will have is he'll be able to drive in from the the the, the wide outside and then um, start running at them and, and causing problems. And this this Celtic team, that you know, defence needs to be ran at. It needs to be attacked, if if you will, um, because I think that's where you catch them on the heels. And I think that they they can come undone pretty quickly. So if if we can do that, then brilliant. And uh, with Barisic back in. Straight away, you're talking about you know quality crosses coming in as well, which Lafferty has already been able to to prove that he can convert whether they come in from the left or right side. Yeah, absolutely, and I do think we've got the players to hurt them. For me, the the, the key issue, as always, will be the midfield battle. Where Rangers have just completely lost it the last few seasons, and we'll need to be much more physically imposing in there and compete for everything and also do it a bit higher up the park if our back four are spending the, or sorry if our midfield three are spending the whole match right in front of our defence then it's not a good sign you know we need to to make Celtic work at the other end and we haven't done that for far too long um, the two, the, I think if you I think if you want to play a pressing game then do so but don't be afraid of where you are or who you're playing against Yeah. because if that's a style of football that, that you can produce from then do it no matter the opponent because if it works for you, why would you change it just because you happen to be playing a team who previously have beaten you, but they've not played this Celtic, this Rangers team, I beg your pardon, 
They've not played against this manager. They've not played against this degree of optimism, of confidence, of hope, of of that um, probably that experience that these guys are getting playing alongside each other now. Um, so if you have a good formula in there and you can see that get results for you, do not change it just purely because of what's happened last season. Look at the game, look at the setup, make changes if required. But there's no point in going wholesale in terms of your changes if you feel that you know you can get a winning formula. There'll be less Rangers fans at the game, obviously, given Rangers cut Celtic's ticket allocation and them following in suit. Does that play a significant role in the outcome of the match? Do you think? I don't. I don't know if it will play a significant role in the outcome of the match. It'll be disappointing to have less Rangers fans there in person to see us win. Um, but. I think ultimately the team have to be able to prove it and um, whether or not there's going to be you know, obviously that cut allocation as well there if we use that as an excuse David then that means it will guarantee beat them at Ibrox so I don't think we can do that uh, I think that if anything the team have seen with you know the over thousand people who were at Glasgow Airport last night including some of our own heart and hand boys which I'll give a wee shout out to well done to uh, Chris and uh, David and James um, they will know how much Sunday means to them and how much it means to the fans. Uh, so it's really important that we go over there and, and, and at least play for the away support that did manage to get a ticket. Um, a wee note from the SLO folks, just uh, to those who are going, is that the because of the belief the cops have that there'll be a lot of fake tickets possibly kicking about just because of how in demand these tickets are. There'll be a fairly stringent ticket check before the game, so please try to get there early to avoid getting caught in queues. And also that Rangers fans will be kept back for a bit until the Celtic support is dispersed, so please be aware of that. So that's pretty much it from us this week, Cami. Just uh, your final message to everyone before they, they get set for Old Firm Weekend. Enjoy it, as always. From everyone at Heart and Hand, stay safe, whether you're going to the game, whether you're out and about watching it and all that kind of stuff. Um, just see it as, if, if we can get a win, then it's another uh, tick for Stevie G. If it's a loss, then don't worry about it, because we're not, you know, we don't need to panic. It's about being able to see as to how well we're developing, and that's what we need to assess the performance against on Sunday. All we need from our players on Sunday is 100%. Give it everything you've got, do your best. Make sure that you compete. Make sure that you let them know that this is a new Rangers. Make sure that you let them know that we are back. Get a win. And my goodness, you lot are going to be absolute heroes. And you can have, we'll come to the ground and uh, feed you grapes for the next couple of weeks during the, the international break. But just give us everything. Just do what the manager wants you to do. Because he wants it as well. Give us 110%. And if you give us that, I think we're good enough. I really do. So thank you very much for listening, folks. We will be back on Monday night with a full assessment of the game. Thank you to my guest, the ever-fantastic Mr Cameron James Bell. Always a pleasure, David. If you want to hear more from us, check out our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you'll get around about 80 to 100 hours extra content a month for the miserly sum of 199 There really is no reason to go and check this out. You will absolutely love it. Thanks to our executive producers in London, Mr Paul Myers and Mr Mike Lee. I will be back to talk to you on Monday. Until then, have a great weekend and remember, we are the people. See you later. Bye.
Podcast Network.